been talking about righteousness. How many believe you are the righteousness of God? Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, Wednesday evening, the Holy Spirit just settled in this place in a powerful way and, and ministered to many people, and we're grateful for that and thankful for that. But I believe that he's going to touch us again here this morning. Amen. He's going to meet with us on today. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to 1 John chapter 5, and I want to read verse 4. I'm sure by now that you've noticed that we're reading a lot out of 1 John. It has much to say about our righteousness in Christ Jesus and who we are in Christ Jesus. And uh, we want to go back there today, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. The Bible says here in verse 4, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. I want you to notice it says whatever is born of God. Whatever. Whatever person whatever idea, whatever dream, whatever is born of God, he says it overcomes the world. And this is our victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith. What is the victory that overcomes the world? It's our faith. Now, he's not talking about uh, how much faith you have. Some people want to brag about their faith and when it comes, the rubber meets the road, they don't have enough faith to blow the fuzz off of a peach. Amen. But he's not talking about you having super duper faith. He's talking about what you have faith in. Amen. What do you have faith in? This is our faith that we have been born of God. Right? Can we see that? What is our faith in? Our faith is in that we have been born of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is having the faith in the fact that we have been born of God. Believing that truth comes, becomes the victory that overcomes the world. We are fathered from above. We have been born again. Amen. Now, the word born there is defined as reproduced. So God has reproduced himself in us when we were born again. Now, we have this, this escape mentality that people want to put on uh, on display that says that they were born this way so they can't help it. They were born with this. They were born with that. They were born this way. Well, if that, is, that could be true because we were born of the atomic nature. But the only problem is this, that you don't have to stay where you were born the first time. You can be born 
again. Amen. And when you are born again, then you, the, it is God, Jesus, God the Father, is reproducing himself in our lives. And because we have the nature of our Father, we are stronger than our enemies. Amen. What you were born from will determine your ability. What you're born from will determine your ability. You can, give, you, can, you can give a chicken steroids every day of its life and it will never be as strong as a gorilla. Because it was born of a chicken. And you can give it steroids and it might puff up, it might get big, but it will not, I promise you, it will never have the strength of a gorilla. Why? Because it was born of a chicken. Listen. You were born of God. If you, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you, God, has have brought himself into your life. He has reproduced himself in you. And now you are that spiritual gorilla. And Satan is that chicken. He's been working ever since Genesis chapter 3. He's been working out. Right? It's the first mention of him. He's been working out since Genesis chapter 3, but he will never have the power that you have. Listen to me. The first day you were saved. Huh? I ain't going to get no help up in this Methodist church today. Amen. The first day you were saved, you were greater than your enemy will ever be. Why? Because God reproduced himself inside of you. And you became a new creation. Old things passed away and behold all things have become new. You are in Christ Jesus our Lord. You believe it? Give him some praise today. When you were born again, the greater one came to live on the inside of you. And so you are already greater than he will ever be. Amen. Why? Because you were born of God. You are more powerful than he will ever be. That is the reason why the writer said, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right? 1 John chapter 3 and verse 6 through 9. He said, Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil and whoever is, has been born of God does not sin, for he, his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, this sounds, this is where a lot of people get off of the boat. Amen? Because... How many of you have sinned since you gave your heart to the Lord? 
the rest of you lying. Amen. But this is the New King James. I read out of the New King James because I find it to be the most accurate to the original Hebrew and Greek. That's the reason that we use that here for our studies on Sundays and Wednesdays. But in this case, you find that it is, it, it takes, it says he, uh, let's read it, verse 6, whoever abides in him does not sin. Whenever you look at it, it will say it does not, he sinneth not. Sinneth not. And so he is using the word sinneth, as I've told you before, uh, in the Hebrew, the Greek in particular, that you will find ETH put on the end of a word, and you go to the, diction, uh, the uh, Webster's Dictionary, and you'll probably not find sinneth. <laughs> in fact, when you put it on a, your phone or whatever, it's going to show you that it's misspelled. But it is, what it is telling us is it's continual. It's ongoing. To ETH means that it's not, just, it's not just here, but it's going on. And so when we look at this, he is telling us that he does not continue to sin. If you abide in him, you do not practice a lifestyle of sin. So someone will try to deceive you on this point. Verse 8, he said, the one who practices a lifestyle of sin is of the devil. In other words, they've got the nature of the devil. So what do people that have the nature of the devil do? They sinneth. That's their lifestyle. That's what they do. Amen. But he says, when you're of God, when you get whoever is born of God does not have a, in verse number nine, he says, whoever is born of God does not have the lifestyle of practicing sin. Why? Because we're of his seed. Amen. And whenever we're of his seed, then, then things have changed in our lives. And we realize that we're his righteousness in Christ Jesus. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, he said, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That word lives and abides forever in our lives. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the word of God, which is the seed of God, which is planted in the soil of our hearts. And when that happens, God began to release his life, his power, and his presence inside of our life, and we are born of him. Amen. Verse number 9 there, in three, chapter 3, verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin, or continue to sin, and the seed remains in him. His seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born again. He can, in other words, he, we, when we are born again, we don't continue the lifestyle of sin. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't add Jesus to your junk. Amen? Quiet up in here. I'm just talking about us being born of God. 
Amen. When he is talking about being born of God, he is talking about being changed in your nature. Your nature has to be changed. The first time when you were born, you were born of corruptible seed. You were born of man that came from Adam who sinned in the garden, right? Somebody talk to me. In that seed is sinful nature. In that nature, there's an inherited weakness so that you live defeated in those areas of your life and you do not overcome. But when you realize the first time that I was born of corruptible seed, but the next time uh, I was born again, I received the nature of my heavenly father. And so my nature was changed and the nature of my father is strength. The nature of my father is righteousness. The nature of my father is goodness and mercy. Long suffering, huh? And he gives me the appetite for the things of God. Amen. And we begin to live out of that nature that we have been reborn into. Now, I want to give you this morning uh, a couple of definitions of what it is to be a Christian. Because it seems to me that, that we are profoundly confused about what a Christian is here in America. Amen. And so I want to give you two definitions of what it means to be uh, a Christian or give you an interpretation. And see, see because one of them... One of them is an interpretation. The first one that I'm going to give you is an interpretation that is given through religion, the lens of religion. Are you ready? This interpretation <coughs> makes you weak. And what I want to say to you before I, I read this, because I wrote it down, but what, what I believe, what, what you believe has everything to do with what you'll experience. What you believe will be confirmed in your life. So it doesn't matter what you say, it's about what you believe. I mean, it does matter what you say, but you understand what I'm saying. All right, here's interpretation of a Christian from a religious lens. I'm a Christian... But I'm still a sinner. I'm an old wretched worm. And because I'm still a sinner, I sin every day because I'm weak. I glorify God being perfected in my disease. I glorify God in my poverty. I believe I am being perfected by the devil's attacks on my life. And God is allowing this for my good. That's what religion tells us. And what that, when you believe that, this type of thinking, that it produces a church that is ineffective in America. We have churches on every corner today 
And our culture, our culture today is worse than it was a generation ago. Amen. The church is not making, the, I'm the, uh, talking to the American church, the American church is not making progress because we have a weak, watered-down gospel and it, the light, our light is so dim and we think that God is using the devil to perfect us. You, we, we've got to change our thinking. I said we've got to change the way that we're thinking. Amen. The redemptive plan of God has power and life. And Jesus Christ has given us the grace of God and the, the heart of the Father. And so we're not a wretched worm that's saved by grace. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And now I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I've been born again. And so therefore, I've heard, I've heard preachers get on, on, on radio, TV, or whatever. I sin a little bit every day. Well, get born again. Amen. Get born again. Get the redemptive work of Jesus and the power of God in your life. Does that mean I'll never sin? No, but I don't have a habit of sinning. I don't have a lifestyle of sinning. I don't give in to my atomic nature and say, oh, I'm just weak in this area. And No, no, no. Because I've been born again, God has given me the grace and the strength to overcome. And when I do sin, I cry, Abba, Father, and He's an ever-present help in the time of my need. Amen? The second interpretation of a Christian is this. I am a Christian. Jesus is my champion. He never sinned. He overcome the world. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He crushed the head of my enemy. Glory to God. Amen. He prophesied over my life. He prophesied over my future. And he said, what I do, you shall do greater. Hallelujah. He said in Luke chapter 10 and 19, that you shall tread upon serpents and own scorpions and over any deadly thing. He said, it shall not harm you. Why? He was prophesying over my future. That is what it is to be a child of God. We are overcomers in this present world. I am born of God and Jesus said that I would tread upon serpents. They would be under my feet. He gave me power over all the powers of the enemy. And so that's what I choose to believe. Amen. When you see the heart of Jesus and the plan of redemption, he's not birthing a weak and anemic church. 
He's not birthing something that'll just go through the flow and be a flat wall flower church in the earth. No, he's birthing a church that will storm the gates of hell. He's birthing a church that will raise up and tell the truth in the midst of darkness. He's birthing a church that will heal the sick, amen, and cast out devils and set the captive free. He is making us indestructible. He's making us indestructible. Now I'm going to kill this religious cow today. We're going to hang it and eat it. (laughs) Glory to God. No vegetarian here. Amen. Now whenever I say that, I know it, it causes religious bombs to go off. He made us un- indestructible. You say, well, where do you get that? I'm glad you ask. Amen. You know why we don't believe that? It's because of our experiences. Our experiences have been we are destructible. Our experiences is that we have lost and not won. Our experiences have been that we have believed a thing and yet even though we have believed it, we've not seen the outcome and we have taken our experience and imposed it upon our lives above the word of God. But I want to submit to you here today. Yes, have I ever had that happen? I sure have. More than I want to talk about. But here's the reality. I refuse to allow my experience to dictate to me what the Word of God has said because the Word of God is truth every time. And so even though my experience may be different than what the Word is, I choose to believe the Word of the Lord. Amen. John chapter 8 and verse 32. Where do you get this indestructible? I'm about ready to show you. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. How many times have you read this? How many times have we taken the simple gospel and overlooked a profound promise of God? I'll I'll, I'll tell you that I don't make a habit of, of going around breaking down all these words in the Greek here referring to this. But whenever it comes down to this scripture that word free right there you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free when you look that up in the Greek the first word that will come up is exempt you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you exempt I didn't say that Jesus did. One definition says means to be immune or granted immunity. 
<laughs> Glory to God. In other words, you're in the world, but you're not of this world. You have immunity. You're exempt. The world says, recession's coming. But as a child of God, I've got immunity. I'm not going to participate. The swine flu's coming. Better go get your shot. Pigs are flying. It's coming to an end. Ebola is coming. Better go get fixed. But I have immunity. Every time I go to the doctor, he asks me, do you got your flu shot? I said, no. He kept on, he tell me, now you got to get this, you, gotta, you need to get this. I said, listen, you can keep asking me, you're my doctor, but I'm always going to tell you no. I'm not taking no flu shot. Now I'm not telling you not to do that. You go ahead and do whatever you want to do, but I'm not taking no flu shot. Amen. Renee took one, she got the flu. Ain't taking no flu shot. Y'all are particularly quiet here today. <laughs> now, how many, how, how, now let's be honest here. How many have it, your experience has been different than what this word says? Things come and you weren't exempt. Situations arose and it didn't look like you had immunity. Huh? But Jesus said we're ambassadors. Glory to God. We're ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven in the earth. <coughs> you know ambassadors have immunity. They don't go by the law of the, of, the, of the nation or the country they are in. They abide by the American law even though they're in another country. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now I want us to understand today that we are pilgrims and we are in this present world, but we are not part of this world. As we are born again, we are ambassadors for Christ. And just because it's coming doesn't mean we have to participate. He said that we are free, we are exempt, we have immunity, and we need to stand in that promise and say, God, if you said it, then I'm going to believe it so that it will manifest in my life. Amen. <laughs> now, when you tell people this who have a wrong interpretation of Christian, they're going to label you as cray cray. You're going too far. No, I tell you what I'm doing. I'm believing the word of Jesus. Amen. I refuse to allow my situation or my experiences to dictate. The truth in my life. Amen. And then we've got Bible scholars that says, well, 
What about Paul? Paul, he wasn't exempt. He wasn't this, he wasn't that. And we've spent a lot of time in churches and Bible study time. What was the thorn in Paul's life? Well, it isn't no super spiritual thing. The Bible tells you right there in 2 Corinthians 12 and 7 that it was the devil, a messenger of Satan, that come to buffet at him. Ding, 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 here's your sign. Come on now. I wonder what his thorn was. And then we got some people that make him look like a pop-eyed fish. He's got bug eyes and he's blind and he can't see. No, Paul wasn't blind. Ain't nobody going to help me today. Paul wasn't blind. He had a messenger of Satan that come to buffet at him. And every city, every town, every place that Paul would go, this messenger of Satan would go into that city and torment the people to try to raise up and torment what Paul was trying to do. Amen? He wasn't blind. In fact, if you want to look at another story, he, the Bible said he went. Do you remember when he went to start the fire? He reaches down to get the fire, uh, some wood and a serpent latches onto him. He shakes the serpent off into the fire. Amen. And, and, and he's bit and he's not harmed. That's immunity. That's immunity. So get away with this religious stuff of him being bug-eyed and, 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 and all this mess. No, Satan comes and he buffets at you. He buffets at me. He tries to destroy our, our personal lives. He tries to destroy our families. He tries to work his work in our community. He, he's buffeting at us each and every day. But we have, a, a, we have been born of God. We're the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And we have power over the powers of the enemy. If you believe it, give him a praise today then somebody says oh I got you what about Job well what about Job Job was in his backyard giving up animal sacrifices so that his children would be protected how long has it been since you did that There are some things in Job that were fulfilled in Christ that we no longer do. Jesus became our sacrifice. Amen. And so when we look at this, we understand that there are some things that's fulfilled in the Old Testament through Jesus Christ that we no longer do. We don't go around sacrificing animals that, that our children will be safe and all of these kind of things. Every book reveals Jesus. Galatians chapter 3 and 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? Sin, sickness, and poverty. Amen. According to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. He has made me a son of God. Don't get caught up on the gender. Son or daughter of God. Amen. He has made us. 
He's resurrected us. And that resurrected, glorified son has sent him into our hearts. Amen. He took the spirit of Jesus and sent, it, sent him into our hearts to live. Jesus is the son of God and we are the sons of God. In Hebrews chapter uh, 2, I think, verse 11, he, he says that, that Jesus was not ashamed to call us brethren. Because why? We are as the same seed. We have the same spirit. And so Jesus wasn't ashamed to call us brothers or sisters. Amen. And so in understanding this, we must also understand that I am not perfected by pain. That's religion. I said, that's religion. Well, God's just trying to teach you something, honey. This sickness, it'll, it'll work for your good. You just, God's just using it. Baloney. That's Greek. Look it up. Baloney. I had some yesterday. Well, this sickness, it's just, God's just using this sickness to perfect you. The only time I stayed home from school was when I was sick. Why? Because I couldn't go to school and learn under those conditions. But you want me to believe that God's put a sickness, allowed a sickness. You know, we don't say God gave you the sickness. We, he allowed it. He allowed this sickness to come on you to teach you something. That's what religion says. But I'm not perfected by pain. I'm perfected by his presence. We're in the world, we're not of the world, we have overcome the world. And he's not allowing suffering in my life to try to perfect me. Pain is not perfecting me. God does not need the devil to perfect you. Think about this foolishness. Think about it for a minute. God is on his throne, do you believe that? Jesus, his son, sitting at the right hand of the Father. You, you believe that? And the Holy Spirit is present here in the earth. Now think about this theology for a minute. God in heaven, Jesus on his side, finished work at Calvary. Holy Spirit is here in the earth enforcing the will of God in the earth. And God says... I need the devil to perfect them. Huh? I don't have the ability to make them grow up. Please, Mr. Devil, help me out. Are you okay? Please go down there and afflict them. Please go down there and attack them. I need them to grow up. No, 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 no. 
What brings me to perfection is his presence, his grace, his redemptive work. And whenever I pray and his glory comes into the room, when I worship and his presence fills the house and the power of God fills the room, my brothers and sisters, that is what we grow on. That is what we as sons and daughters feed on. That is what causes us to come into his presence and we become perfected. It's not pain, it is his presence. It's his presence. Nudge your neighbor and tell him that you need his presence. When fiery trials come, they never come from God. They always come from the world. But the greater one lives on the inside of you. Fear not, little flock, for I have overcome the world. And greater is he that is in you. Why? Because we've been born of God. Then the world that is coming against us. And so whatever comes against me, whatever, whatever comes against me, uh, excuse me, because God lives in me, because I've been born of God, then I have the authority, I have the wisdom, I have the power that we have everything we need to overcome this world. Amen? So when you when you are born of God you have the immunity You don't have to take just everything that comes down the way You know why we're no different we have the same issues that the world has is because we think like the world But when you're born of God, the world system does no longer become our system. We are born of the Spirit. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're partakers of His divine nature. His purpose and His desire and His will is in our life. And we no longer have the desire to sin. Amen. People say, well, you have to be real spiritual to have this kind of stuff. No, you just got to get born again. That's all you got to do. Get born again and you get all this stuff. Amen. Pastor, where do we get off? I'll tell you where we got off. We got off with whenever people couldn't imagine what it was and couldn't think that, that this could be true. And so we, we tried to make excuses for why. No, we don't have to make excuses for it. There's a lot of things I don't understand. There's a lot of things that, that I've believed for. I believed God was going to do them. I believed that things was going to work out a certain way and they didn't work out the way that I thought they was going to work out. That's the, that's the reality. But the truth is his word. And his word says that we have been set free. His word says we have immunity. His word says that we overcome. Amen. 
And so when we are born again, we change the way we believe. We change the way that we think. Amen? Because as a man thinketh in his heart. Amen. So what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you believing? What are you accepting? You don't have to be a super duper saint. I told you that the first day you were born again said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. I cannot do this on my own. I, I surrender myself to your Lordship. And you give that to Jesus. Huh? You're greater than your enemy that very moment. Why? Because Christ come to live inside of you. The one who never lost the battle. The one that is the general of the giants. The one that is the great I am. The one that is the supplier of all things. The one who is, is our healer. Who is our redeemer. Who is our righteousness. Who is altogether lovely. Amen. He is the one that comes to live on the inside of us. So therefore I shall not be moved from this truth. That he is greater that is in me than the world that comes against me. Amen. The Bible does not say that weapons will not be formed against you. The Bible says they will not prosper. Amen? And so when the enemy comes to announce these things over your life and tells you that this is the way it is and that is the way it is and this is what's going to happen and gives you the appearance of a thing, what we have to do is stand firm on the word of God and say, I'm not moving off of this promise right here. I'm not moving off of this word right here. I am the righteousness of God. I have been redeemed. I have been planted in this place. And he has been planted in me. Amen. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. The hope of glory lives in my life. I've been born of God. Amen. And if I've been born of God, then I'm an overcomer. Amen. As long as you believe you're being perfected by pain, guess what? That's what you're going to live in all of your life. Because you've accepted it as the norm. You've accepted it as the will of God. Amen? But trouble will come. Difficulty will come. But it's not coming from God. It's coming from the world. We're an enemy of this world. Huh? And if you're not colliding with the enemy of the world, maybe you're walking the same way he's going. Hallelujah. But I've been born of God. I have a new creation. I am a new creation. The old is past, the new has come. Amen. And now I have to have the mind of Christ. I have to have a renewing of my mind because my atomic nature wants to tell me that I'm a, I'm a sinner and I, I've got to sin a little bit every day and I'm so weak that I can't overcome. But, but, but the word of God says that I've been born again. 
So therefore, I'm not living in Adam any longer. I'm living in Christ. Amen? Amen. And if I do sin, if I do sin, not a lifestyle of sin, but if I do sin, if I fall and come short of the glory of God, for all have sinned, I cry, Abba, Father. And he's an ever-present help in the time of my needs. Amen? Amen? And so I'm thankful today that I'm born again. I'm the righteousness of God. Let's say that together. I am the righteousness of God. Let's say it again. I am the righteousness of God. Amen. We've been born again. I know it's quiet up in here today, and I know that I've got on a cow that you've probably heard all of your life. God's just trying to teach you something. American preachers getting on television and all over the world. I sin a little bit every day. Now, I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm not all that in a bag of chips and some government cheese. But I don't sin every day. I may fall short of his glory. I may have a bad attitude. I might have a bad mindset. I may have uh, whatever it is. And I have to go and say, God, forgive me. Amen. But it isn't a lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. I've surrendered my life to him and his glory. And so therefore he's my champion. He's never sinned. He's overcome the world. He's defeated death, hell, and the grave. He, he has crushed the head of the serpent, my enemy. And he lives in me. I've been born again. Then he began to prophesy over my future and tell me who I would be. The head and not the tail. <laughs> huh? Be the victor and not the victim. Glory to God. So I receive that today. I receive that today and I say yes God. Yes to your will, your way, your word. And even when my situation doesn't look anything like his word. I choose to believe his word over my situation. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been living life and, and you in, in your life looked nothing like the promise of God over your life? The word of the Lord over your life? God didn't lie. You've just got an enemy that's buffeting at you. Amen. You've got an enemy that's buffeting at you. He's trying to bring all the turmoil and the frustration so you'll give up on the promise of God. But I want to strengthen somebody today. I want to encourage somebody today and tell you not to give up on the word of God. Believe the word of God over circumstances and situations and hold on to the promise until everything that he said comes to pass in our lives. Amen. Praise God. Stand with me today, please.
Hallelujah. God. I want us to sing this song again. And I want you to sing it with this word in mind that whom the Son is set free, exempt, is exempt indeed. Who the Son has given immunity has immunity indeed. And even though these circumstances and situations may come, I'm just going to stand by night in the house of the Lord. I'm going to stand upon his word and I'm going to believe the word of the Lord until everything he says comes to pass over my life. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal savior, you don't know what I'm talking about today, but you can be born again here today. You can accept him as your savior. You can, you can surrender your life to Christ today. And you can be the righteousness of God. It's easy. It's easy. He made it so easy that anybody could do it. If you would confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He died. He was buried and he rose again for your sins and mine. And you accept him as your savior and your Lord that's not the finish that's the beginning but it's a great beginning and from that prayer on you begin to experience the goodness of God in your life begin to grow in him and that's why we're here as a church to help you to do that and so today if you haven't experienced that I invite you to come let us pray with you today if you're here today and you just want to say yes to over the word of God over your life today you say you know what it doesn't what my life looks like is nothing like what God said but today I'm going to just say yes to his word not the circumstances but to his word I'm just going to say yes to it today amen praise God as they sing let's come this morning